Broadway for Wednesday, October 2nd, 2019. I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. And I am Broadway star James Marino. James, good to hear from you. You and I have a couple of shows this week as Matt is currently hiding out in an undisclosed location, I guess. Not quite sure where. He is counting up all the Patreon money. Oh, he's going to need to spend a good amount of time away then, I guess, right? Yes, he's uh, checking it once, he's checking it twice, he's finding uh, out if Ashley and James have been naughty or nice. Yeah, well, I, I, I can't speak for you. Well, you know, I was listening to your show with uh, Matt yesterday, and mm-hmm. we talked about Christmas. And you so talked about Christmas, and, and how, and he asked you if you are somebody who puts it up early and takes it down late. Yep. And uh, yep, yep. and I, I agree with you. The uh, when Santa comes rolling down Sixth uh, okay. Avenue in front of Macy's, then that's a yeah. good time to start the festivities. And uh, taking it down, there's no rush. Right. See that I I've gotten better in recent years. Where I, as you know, as I said, as you said, I wait until Thanksgiving. Used to be used to be earlier in the past, but it still still stays up pretty late. Can't help myself. Well, you know, beyond the tree, I have the lights on the house thing. Ah, And I like to wait for the warm weather and, you know, occasionally in the summer throw the Christmas lights on, you know? I like it. I like it. I'm in full support of this. One year, my family and I kept the tree up until July, so (laughs) can't really beat that. (laughs) But to be fair, it was in a room that had, like windows all around and i grew up in buffalo so and it was cold until july so the tree hadn't died yet Mm -hmm. so what can you do it was christmas till july and beyond got a green thumb to keep the tree alive so late exactly so speaking of uh matt being off counting up the patreon money uh what's what's going on over there james well today was a magic day for patreon because patreon only uh charges people's accounts on the first day of the month so even if you pledged your money like weeks and weeks and weeks ago it only got charged on the first the morning of the first so that was the first time our Patreon money got charged, and eventually Patreon sends it to us in a few weeks, and we're really excited. It's great. We're uh, broke. We're just about a thousand dollars for the first month, great. which is awesome. Yes, thank that you so awesome. much, everybody. Thank you, everybody, that is awesome. Thank and you so much course, for your support. And of course, if you would still like to support, because there's no yes. deadline for that head on over to patreon.com slash broadway radio i couldn't have said it better let's get on to our (laughs) first story of the day the great society opens on broadway yes yeah as matt and i talked about on monday's episode this is an incredibly busy week for theater especially broadway where we have Three openings this week, I believe. The first coming to us last night at the Vivian Beaumont Theater, where, as you said, James, the Great Society opened for its 12-week limited engagement. The Richard Schenken play, a companion piece to the Tony-winning All the Way that starred Brian Cranston, features an all-star cast of Brian Cox, Grantham Coleman, Richard Thomas, Mark Kudish, Bryce Pinkham, and more. As we are recording, uh, the first of the reviews are coming out. We haven't really gotten too much so far, but the ones we have seen are all pretty much along the same line. 
And, you know, Hollywood Magic James, the Times Review came in as we were about to record. I had mm-hmm. to wait a few extra minutes. So starting there with Jesse Green of the New York Times, who calls the show, quote, overstuffed and underbaked, writing, We already understand that the president grew up hard, poor, plain spoken, proud. What we don't understand and the play fails to show us is the man beneath the self-invention, A play that doesn't dramatize a man's interior landscape is just a pageant, and to act such a character is to recite a resume. That's a shame because Mr. Cox, a notable Titus Andronicus and Lear, certainly has someone like Johnson in his wheelhouse. But the great society is Shakespearean only in its bellowing. The poetry of consciousness has largely been boiled away. Adam Feldman of Time Out New York also writes, whereas Brian Cranston brought a dogged vitality and wily command to the role, Brian Cox's version, though still spouting spouting folksy Texas wisdoms and capable of manipulating his foes, seems older, warier, and less secure in his power. This is appropriate to Johnson's story during the period of of upheaval. The great strong armor and glad hander is losing his grip, but in the absence of Cranston's central charisma, the play already the play already spread thin by the longer time frame seems e- seems even more like an illustrated lecture. Finally, David Rooney at the Hollywood Reporter calls it quote a dense historical pageant, writing the first play had the built-in momentum of a protagonist graduating from the VP spot following Jen F. Kennedy's assassination and then setting out to prove himself both before and after a landslide victory running on his own ticket. It also has a sturdy dramatic fulcrum with the passing of the Civil Rights Act. The follow-up is more about the defeat and disillusionment that shaped LBJ's decision not to run for a second term, So while that arguably gives it greater emotional nuance, it also proves more challenging to theatricalize. James, I have not gotten a chance to see the show, though I'm hoping to in the next couple weeks. What I have heard seems to follow what the critics are saying so far, which I mentioned before we started recording. I'm assuming this will be one of the shows you guys talk about on this coming week's This Week on Broadway. But have you gotten a chance to see the show yet in previews? No, actually, I am seeing the show on Thursday evening. Mm. So, uh, feeling yeah. any uh, more or less excited about it? I might stop by the little Starbucks before <laughs> just to make Get sure, some just to in you. lock it in. You know, you know what I've what I've heard about this is that. It seems like it wants to be a screenplay more than it wants to be a stage Uh play. Three hours is difficult for any play. I mean, let alone what is essentially a sequel. From what it sounds like, they could have afforded to go the route that the, what was it, HBO adaptation of All the Way Mm -hmm. did after the stage version, Mm -hmm. as opposed to making a whole new play, which from what everyone has said so far, doesn't really seem like it adds on to All the Way. I get that it's a companion piece, but doesn't really seem like it's adding more to the story which is is very tricky to do in a nearly three hour show so maybe we can play a game during the show called Ooh. uh what if mark kudish and bryce pinkham were rosencrantz and gildenstern ah i like it i like it and i'm sure you can sustain it over three hours time ah you know you, <laughs> how do you eat an elephant <laughs> one bite at a time <laughs> 
Yes, indeed. All right, let's move forward into our next story for Color Girls Extends Again. Yes, for those nice. who, yeah, I know, for those who uh, want to make sure they get in to see Entezaki Sean Gaze for Colored Girls, you now have another week to do so. The Public Theater announced yesterday that the upcoming revival of Sean Gaze's Cora poem for Colored Girls Who Have Considered Suicide slash When the Rainbow is Enough will extend once more. Originally scheduled through November 17th and then extended through November 24th, the off-Broadway revival will now play through December 1st. Previews begin on October 8th, marking the show's return to the public since the first time since it premiered there in 1976. This is one of the shows I am most looking forward to seeing this season, James, for it to even extend by a week and get that many more people in, especially ahead of previews, which haven't started yet. Certainly good news. Plus, I always love when shows get to kind of return home to their original companies or to their original houses. That's great. I wonder if Matt maybe had thought about this show and passing and it automatically got extended. <laughs> I think the original, both the original schedule and the extension, original extension were his trip corresponded with that. So, I mean, if he didn't already have it in a schedule, now he's got to get it in with, exactly. you know, all, all the others that keep getting extended. I think Matt is the magic man. Yes. So what do we have in other news? We have a lot of other news. Uh, as previously announced back in July, the National Theater will be opening up its archives as part of a new educational initiative. In partnership with Bloomsbury Publishing and ProQuest, the collection will include decades of unseen in-house archival tapes, as well as the theater's roster of NT Live broadcasts from the past 10 years. Well, the streaming service officially opened on September 30th the other day with 19 titles to start, including Frankenstein, starring Benedict Cumberbatch and Johnny Lee Miller, James Corden's Tony-winning performance in One Man, Two Governors, and more. The next 30 titles are scheduled to be released by March 2020. And you can access all of these titles through Bloomsbury's Drama Online or through ProQuest, which either a one-time payment or a subscription option will do you. Love and support any initiatives when it comes to making theater more accessible. And National Theater has always done a really good job at that, usually more so than Broadway for a variety of reasons. Yeah, the NT Live initiatives have been really amazing and I think have driven the uh, the things like Broadway HD and yeah, various other types of, uh, of streaming services. Shows that end up on Netflix. Yeah. yeah. Yep. It's great. Yep. Next up, we have two legends who will be honored at the Dramata Dramatist Guild Foundation's upcoming annual gala. The Tony-winning duo of Lynn Ahrens and Stephen Flaherty will be honored at this year's fundraiser, which will take place on November 4th at the Ziegfeld Ballroom. The gala will also honor Concord Theatricals president Sean Patrick Flavin and Today Ticks co-founders Brian Fenty and Merritt Bayer. Kathleen Marshall will direct the evening, which will play homage to the duo's 30-year partnership that has included Ragtime, Once on this Island, and more. 
And now, James, wrapping up with my favorite story of the day, because what better way to ring in any day with a bit of Sondheim, but especially the start of the new year. Yesterday, the New York Philharmonic announced that Katrina Lenk, our upcoming Bobby in the New Company revival, will headline the organization celebrating Sondheim New Year's Eve concert. The show, which will mark Lenk's Phil debut, will be telecast nationally on December 31st on PBS's Live from Lincoln Center. Regular Sondheim collaborators Lonnie Price and Alexander Gemignani will direct and conduct, respectively. This is also Gemignani's Phil conducting debut, so congratulations to him and Lenk both. The concert will be held at David Geffen Hall at 7.30 on December 31st. Tickets are now on sale at NewYorkPhil.org. And for me, at least, answers the eternal question, what are you doing on New Year's Eve? Well, uh, you know, I don't know how I'm going to tell my wife that I'm spending it with Katrina Link. You'll be with her with Katrina Link. I mean, I feel she's an understanding woman. She'll get it. This is true. So um, uh, I don't know if you have these details, but I just wanted to clarify something because it says that the concerts at the David Geffen Hall, 730 Mm -hmm. on December 31st. Is that when the telecast is or is it delayed or is it live? I think so, but I personally don't know those details, which seems surprising. Matt Matt would make something up. Make something up. (laughs) Because we won't know, you know. Matt would make something up, and then it would come true to suit his needs. This is true. So I'm assuming it's going to be telecast live, but please, I mean, it is live from Lincoln Center, but, Hmm. you know, don't quote me on that right away. I will be trying to be there, though. I In person live. Yeah. IRL. IRL, kind of intended to uh, either be away from New York for New Year's Eve or, you know, sit in in the Cafe Carlisle or something. But they'll get me there. You tell me there's Sondheim and Katrina Link and I am there. Well, as long as we stay clear of uh, Times Square for that. Always. Just that that six to 12 hours, you know. (laughs) On a normal day. I hear New Year's Eve is even worse than Wednesday matinee day in Times Square. Uh, Robbie Rizal, isn't that true, Robbie? (laughs) (laughs) it's hard to believe all right ashley why don't you get us out of here all right that's all we have for you on this hump day thanks for listening to today on broadway you can follow us on facebook and twitter at broadway radio and of course if you feel so inclined you can back us on patreon at patreon.com slash broadway radio i'm findable on the tweety and the instagram at no this is ashley james where might the folks find you People can find me in the typical places, but another place to find me is on Broadway Radio, where we had a uh, we had a special interview with Alex Wise and, and Wes Taylor for the yes, from the Indoor Boys, Very the uh, award winning award winning web series, hysterically funny award winning award winning award winning award winning. <laughs> so check out check out the uh, the special episode with Alex and Wesley from Indoor Very Boys, nice. and yeah. also check out the Indoor Boys at indoorboys.tv. And my Love name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for spending Wednesday with us, and yeah. Ashley and I will be back and talk with you tomorrow. Yes, indeed. Have a great Wednesday, everybody. 